Hello and welcome to the Walk Around Podcast, powered by JMA Group. If you are in the automotive business, you have found the right place. You are certain to learn how to grow your dealership or how to grow your automotive career. I am one of your hosts, Mark Spoto, joined by always Elliot Shore. Hello, hello. And today we are welcoming Connie Gundrum, and she is Chief Client Officer for Dom360, a full-service marketing agency, and has been in the automotive business for over two decades in advertising and in marketing. She spent her entire career working with Fortune 500 groups all the way down to the hometown dealer, and she's just so experienced when it comes to advertising, marketing strategy, how to reach customers. Elliot, this was a super interesting conversation when you think about where dealers can find the most value in their advertising and what are opportunities maybe they're not looking at? Definitely. Always a great question and always a place where there's lots of opinions around how dealers should go to market with their advertising. Yes. So always, you know, super valuable learning from an industry expert who touches so many dealers on a monthly basis. Absolutely. And we also learned we are terrible when it comes to recalling names of movies or characters in movies. Or or TV or TV shows and commercials. And commercials. All right. Which so you'll all find out very soon. Here. Very shortly. Let's take a walk around with Connie Gundrum. Well, Connie, welcome to the Walk Around Podcast. It is great to have you. Thanks for taking the time with us. Thanks for having me here. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, we're excited. So we read a quote from you that said, ever since you were a child, you knew you wanted to to work in advertising. So what was that moment? And how does your career progress since you knew it so early? So I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a show called Who's the Boss? Oh, of course. I do remember that show. Tony Danza. Tony Danza. Yeah. Yeah. So Angela Bowers. I think her name was, yes. uh, she was a character and she was in advertising. So, you know, you I know, really liked all the, all the years watching that show. I had no idea what no she idea. did. <laughs> That's so funny. That is awesome. Yeah. So she exposed me to that. I knew what Tony did. Because <laughs> that was, was he a boxer on that show? Well, wasn't he the housekeeper? Well, yeah, he was the housekeeper, I mean, but his background was boxing, right? Or a boxing trainer. Anyway, back to Connie. Let's go back to Connie. So you knew you wanted to be in advertising and how has that career progressed for you? Yeah. So, um, you know, from an early age, looking at magazines, I wouldn't read the content. I would just look at the ads. So, you know, went to school for advertising, got out of advertising uh, at University of Florida and landed myself at a local agency here in South Florida And I wanted to do big things. I wanted to go to New York City and live the big advertising dream. And I got a job in tier three retail automotive. And that that I felt was a starting point for me, uh, for my career. And I wasn't going to stay there long. I I thought I'd give myself a year. Um, But, you know, after a year, I got promoted and I kept getting promoted from there and, you know, realized that I was a good fit for for retail automotive. So. You know, being going going from UF, you know, and thinking about advertising in the big sense of New York City and and that thing, and then you know starting to work with dealers, right? And you know, very unique animal. What was your you know first impression of you know working with dealers? That um, they were real, 
Yeah. So, you know, I liked that. I'm a very um, upfront person. So it kind of matched my personality. You know, I could be me and it wasn't too stuffy. Um, so um, I liked it. Now it, it did have its challenges and it has had its challenges in the, in the years because there are a lot of big personalities, sure. you know, a lot of, a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, so, so there's that, but I think that certain people thrive under that pressure. You know, it's it's interesting you say that. So, you know, Mark and I talk a bit about and, you know, we're always very impressed with female leaders in the automotive space. And, you know, that big personality, you know, is a tough thing to deal with. And it's common in the, you know, I mean, we could call it what it is. The auto industry has a lot of a alpha type male figures and it's very can be very difficult uh, to navigate. And so, Connie, as a leader, you know, as a, as a chief in a major advertising firm, you know, chief of the clients and the clients being the dealers, um, how did you navigate that successfully to get to where you've been? You know, I think um, relationships are key. I think mm-hmm. it's been the key to my success, you know, building those relationships, getting to know, you know, all different types of people, you know, know what makes them tick, get to know them on a personal level. And I advocate for relationship building with everyone that works for me. I think that's the key to any, um, you know, good relationship, whether it be professional or personal. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a great, that's a great point to make because so much of the dealer's business is based on relationships with their customers, with their teams individually, but it's such a big part of what we do in automotive. And and are there ever people that you're, it's tough for you to make a relationship with or, you know, what, what are some tips in terms of building a relationship and specifically from a, you know, female perspective in terms of maybe there are other listeners who are having trouble building that relationship with some, a dealer out there. Um, you know, what are your tips? Because you clearly you're very successful at it. Um, you know, what were some tips you would give? I think, you know, be yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and and you as women, you have to believe in yourself, you know, and lead with confidence. Uh, a lot of women tend to doubt themselves um, compared to their male counterparts and confidence is key. So, you know, start with believing in yourself. But listen, you're not going to always uh, see eye to eye with every single person. Right. And you just need to listen, listen to um, their side. And sometimes you need to agree to disagree and you know stand in your truth so oftentimes i stand in my truth and i say at the end of it i say listen that's you know that's my opinion but you're the client you know it's it's your budget and you know let's let's try it your way yeah no i i think that's great advice i think confidence and that's key for everyone right is you know knowing your stuff and knowing when to stand your ground and agree to disagree and i think that that builds respect, you know, in a relationship. So Connie, what's, what's exciting to you now in the automotive space? You know, this is a business that continuously evolves and dealers are, you know, bombarded with new approaches and tips or strategies around engaging consumers. What continues to excite you about automotive? Great question. 
You know, there's so much. Uh, it's a hard uh, question to answer in just one statement. Um, the inventory is coming back. That's one of the big things that excites me as mm-hmm. a marketer because that now we can, you know, do what we do best and help them, you know, move the needle. Um, sure. you know, used cars being stagnant and, you know, inventory there, you know, we can um, we can really do what we need to be doing for for the dealers. But, you know, our landscape has changed so much, you know, in the 22 years I've been in it. Sure. I started, you know, doing print ads, you know, back in the day, radio, TV, print. Um, and then it went into digital. And now, you know, we're at this turning point, even in digital, where everything is going, um, you know, virtual reality and augmented reality and AI. And, you know, we're kind of on the cusp of things changing like they did when, you know, print changed to digital, I think. So mm-hmm. so that's exciting. Yeah. So yeah, I'm curious, you know, from an advertiser, as an advertising expert, as a dealer advertising expert, you know, before the pandemic, if we think back, and if I put myself on thinking about the ads I'm seeing on TV, right, from dealers, a lot of price advertising, right? A lot of rebate, discount, 0%, um, you know, low payments, you name it, right? And now that inventory is coming back, do you feel a rush to that price advertising is going to happen and is that what you're advising you know your clients as they come back is to step right back into 2019 and and carry on you know i'm glad that you brought that up because i've been talking to my team about it so i don't think we're gonna need to step back into 2019 but by all means i think we need compelling offers Hmm. i've had I've had dealers this year that uh, said, you know, let's get back into, you know, um, pre-pandemic levels of advertising, radio, TV, and um, we put in Y buys and and it didn't move the needle. And and they say, you know what? It's not moving the needle. And I thought, you know what? Is it the advertising or is it the offer? So mm-hmm. do we need to get back, you know, to the offer? You know, right. what about buying down these rates? You know, right. can they do that? Um, I I think, you know, we need to help the consumer um, on the affordability. So can they buy down the rates? Um, you know, Carvana, I just saw they're advertising cars under 20 and bring your co-signer. Um, huh. So they're getting a little aggressive. So I think it's it's a happy medium. And I think, I think yeah, we need more than just a why buy. So Connie, is there an opportunity, you know, when you think about how dealers can connect with their customers. And an ongoing theme we've talked about here on The Walk Around is experience and that customer experience in how they purchase the vehicle. You mentioned a a strong offer in advertising, but is there an opportunity for dealers to advertise and create some differentiation of their brand based on how they treat the customer and how they create an experience or an education component? for their consumers. Is that an advertising play in some way? A hundred percent. So, you know, that is the why buy I just spoke about, but having a compelling why buy. So, you know, I'll give you an example uh, from this year. Uh, we have a, um, a group, the Cavalli Auto Group, and they are using a service uh, tech um, application that allows them to take video 
Um, it does a lot. You can schedule your appointments, you can approve your repair work, but the video component I thought really was setting them apart um, from their competitors. So we took that and we um, brought that um, to the market huh. and said, hey, listen, you know, you get to see a video, you know, there's no more, you know, curtain between you and and, and the service department. We removed that. Um, and obviously those weren't the words, but they had a 986% ROI over a three month period. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And it was They're purely all- messaging around that, that new customer experience. Yeah. Yep. A customer experience uh, for service. Yep. So, so far they're up 1.6 million in revenue. Wow. 1.1 million in operational gross. Hmm. I, you know what I love there is how much, how often do you hear people connecting the dots back to revenue and right. gross? And it's one of the beautiful things about digital advertising. I think what Connie does is being able to test and link it back. Did it, did it actually work? But I do want to go back to something you said because I think it's interesting if I'm hearing you right, affordability is a concern on customers' minds, meaning prices have gone up, rates are higher, there aren't as many lease deals. If I'm hearing you right, Connie, I think what you're saying is, yeah, we could go back to price advertising. Yeah, we need a hook to get the customer in, but could you make it about how I'm going to help you to get this car affordable to you? Is is that the nuance to it? The sort of the messaging is more around an education of how we, you can afford this mm-hmm. here. Right. I th- Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah that, no, go ahead. No, I, th- I think that's a, it's an interesting take, right? It is. Because it's a way for dealers to advertise a, a, a offer without going back to, you know, purely right to the rock bottom price. Yeah. So Connie, you mentioned why buys and kind of compelling offers. What else makes a good advertising campaign? Or let's just think about the TV ad, for example, by itself, because a lot of dealers still put a lot of value in TV. They love to put themselves sometimes in their TV ads. Yeah. Is that still a trend? Like, what would you say to a dealer who's thinking about reaching their audience through the TV medium? You know, I think the content has to be engaging. You know, I don't think you yell and sell is relevant anymore. Hmm. Um, Now, granted, it depends on the market. Um, But, you know, engaging content, something that's going to bring people in, make you laugh. The first five seconds are very important, especially in the digital landscape. So you can pull people in. They don't hit the skip button. So, you know, bringing maybe some comedy into it. Well, we're going to dig a little deeper into what your thoughts are on the best advertisements, but that's a little bit of a teaser for a sure thing. Yeah, it sure is. It's coming up, but let's, (laughs) let's switch gears a little bit when you think about trends and, you know, what you're seeing in the last year um, and what do you see continuing in terms of marketing trends for dealers? Well, I think, you know, we're seeing budgets starting to come back for those who didn't decrease their budget. So that's first and foremost. So they're getting more inventory, you know, advertisers are ready to advertise. Um, and then, you know, the the tactics of which um, we are sending those messages, streaming surpassed TV for the first time ever in wow. August. And that was in 2022, the first time 20, ever? August in tw- 2022, yeah. Streaming surpassed broadcast TV. Broadcast, wow. yeah. 
Streaming was 34.8% and broadcast was 21.6%. And then oh, wow. cable was 34.4%. So, and that must be it. right. And that's challenging. And that must be challenging for, uh, you know, a tier three, you know, uh, car advertiser. How do you break through on streaming? Like, yeah. how, how do you. Is that even, more expensive? Is it? In some cases. Or, I think it's less expensive, but to Elliot's point, you know, how do you break through, you know, the reach and frequency that we're used to from the, the old guys. Listen, I think at this point, um, what's important is that you're hitting the right person, Hmm. um, you know, versus the, uh, this, you know, the sniper approach versus the shotgun or whatever. So, Mm So, you know, you can do that through streaming. So in-market buyers, in-market for new, in-market for for used. Um, So instead of, you know, reaching the masses, you're reaching the person that's more likely to buy. So, and we're tracking it back to store visits. So Hmm. we have that data that they're actually coming into the store. So it's proven. Gotcha. The, yeah, that's, uh, and, and, you know, do you still, do you get pushback still on, the amount of data-driven aspects to it. You know, I, I remember, you know, when I was in the field, you know, we would talk to dealers and kind of you and I have known each other a while about, yeah. you know, and, and I'm just making this up no, to, you know, uh, dealer uh, website service lead provider A, mm-hmm. you're spending $30,000 there. They delivered three cars for you. And it's like, you would tell a dealer that and they would say, yeah, they delivered three cars for me. And you'd say, well, no, that's, that's 10,000 a car. That's, you, could, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and there was a lot of gut to it and sure. you were fighting a lot of gut. I can't remove this service. What would my team think? You know, and it's like, this service is not doing it. Do you still get a lot of pushback from a data-driven approach or do you think the dealers have really come full circle there? Um, I think a little bit of both. You know, I think there some of them, you know, still haven't come around. Some of them are really embracing, in fact, going to conferences to educate themselves. There's more dealers and, you know, um, you know, marketing managers at Digital Dealer and NADAs and, you know, all these conferences. So they're they're getting educated. But then there's the 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 dealers that we educate. Um, and to your point, you know, streaming is this, where is that? And how am I going to, I'm not going to see it. Am I going to see it? So no, it, I don't think it's been adopted, but the, the, the data is there that show that, you know, that there's more eyeballs on streaming than there is on TV. So interesting. Yeah. Someone told me this once. It was funny. I was, I was talking to an advertiser and a dealer and, uh, you know, and the dealer was saying, I didn't see my ads. I, I always, I want to see my ads. And and the advertiser asked the dealer, are you in market for a car? Are you going to buy a car? <laughs> and the, and the dealer goes, well, no. And he goes, well, then why, why would you see why it? Why would you see an ad? Right. That, yeah. That's a waste of an ad. For sure. But that's a different mindset, you know, around that. For right. Sure. So, yeah. Connie, let's talk a little bit now about opportunities for dealers. And, you know, what do you see dealers not doing? that they should be that could help impact their business? Um, So I think that, you know, we talked about the offers, you know, I think that they, you know, instead of saying, Hey, I'm going to sell every car I have. And in that mentality, we don't need to put on offers. I think, again, going back to that, I think that's one. 
um, you know, more uh, service and parts transparency, you know, into those um, MPIs, the multi-point mm-hmm. inspection. I think, mm-hmm. you know, as listen, I go to a local uh, dealer and they're the largest dealer in the world for their brand. And I don't get that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no app. I'm still paying for service downstairs with the service advisor with yeah. my card versus paying through an app. I don't get updates except for through text, which are fine. Um, but they called and said, hey, you need new tires. And I said, I'll wait <laughs> because I want And instead of, seeing, <laughs> instead of seeing the tread, I didn't see the tread. I wanted to like look at, look at it on my own and price it out instead you know, you can give them that experience where they see the tread and you give them the price and they can approve the service work. So I think some of that for dealers, I think could make a big impact rolling the, that out. And there are multiple providers that do that now. And it's just adoption. Um, sure. you know, so that's going to be a, a, a challenge. Um, but I, I, I think that they'll see the ROI. And, and from, you know, you touched on a little bit from a marketer's perspective, what do you see the state of digital retailing? or online buying, you know, do you see it sort of it being stagnant at the moment? You see consumers taking a leap forward, dealers taking a leap forward, or kind of has it regressed maybe from where the pandemic forced you online? Where, what do you see in terms of how digital retailing is coming along? You know, we have dealers that get, you know, they sell a lot of cars through digital retail. I, I have seen it's kind of stagnant. It's not really increasing. Um, so, you know, I think that we'll see what happens when we have these virtual, um, you know, experiences, I think still, you know, the person wants to really see the car and smell the car. And there's that disconnect when you're online, you know, um, going through that experience, you know, they're still going to stop in part of that process and come in because they want to see the car versus when we're, you know, the, the world that's the future ahead of us of augmented reality and it's sitting in our driveway and we get to to you know test drive it without having to go in i think we have you know a ways to go still um, right. but it's, it's really exciting times i think well we're going to touch on uh, augmented sure reality in a second we here sure as are. well before we get to that though we did want to dive in a little bit with you connie on social media because that oh. clearly is still a primary channel that dealers and all businesses for that matter, reach customers and consumers. Right. And, you know, it's constantly evolving as we saw in the last month or so, you know, with Elon Musk, right. Taking over Twitter immediately GM pausing advertising on the platform. Yes. I think today, I think Ford paused or recently Ford paused advertising. I'm not sure if they're back yet. We don't know. But I'm not on Twitter personally. Well, I don't use it. I, you could probably find me there. But the, but um, um, you know, just curious, how if you're a dealer with the proliferation of, you know, my kids use um, um, TikTok. Be real. No, they're all oh, TikTok. Be, be real. Be real now. Okay. Is their new thing, and but which is like I don't know where you put an ad and be real, but. Um, yeah. So if you're a dealer, Connie, how do you navigate? How do you look at social media, and is it just a matter of you have to be everywhere in all channels or do you double down on one versus another? What are your thoughts? You know, it's just like any kind of media. You go where there's eyeballs, right? So, hmm. you know, where, where there's users. Um, so, 
listen, as some people don't like Facebook at this moment, but they're still on it. <laughs> they right. still have a huge user base, Instagram as well, and TikTok. So, um, you know, social avenues like TikTok are getting more sophisticated in targeting. So as an advertiser, we have to go after those social channels that have good targeting for automotive. Not everybody's, not everything is set up for automotive. You know, they'll love to sell you something, but it's maybe more for e-commerce or um, a different kind of, uh, you know, brand. But, you know, TikTok has come around to automotive. They have more t- uh, targeting capabilities. It's a, it's a younger audience also. So um, we've been doing some things with TikTok and that's that's been fun. I think it, it shows a different side, you know, to the dealers. It gives them a little bit of a, a brand, a personality. And, yeah, and I also think, yeah. Connie, if you agree, YouTube continues to be a big platform for dealers, especially when it comes to search, because that's where you can connect with buyers who have intent great and point. are looking for, yes. you know, looking for answers, quite frankly, to questions. And that's where a dealer can help differentiate from competition. Do you agree with YouTube as being, a you know, a primary focus for dealers? I do. Yes. Yeah, it's funny. You know, we've this is a theme in season two here, but it's really for the dealer. It's just be helpful, right? Whether you're in person, whether you're advertising, be helpful. Let that be your guiding mission, and um, I think that's a yeah. Be resonate. driven by what the customer needs, right? Yeah, and want to help. The um, I do think it's time. I do. I do agree. Yeah, Elliot, it is time. Uh, before, Connie, you may but, have heard about this yeah. segment, it, but before, yes, but you, before we get there, go ahead. I did want to go back to something we talked about at the beginning here because I recognize that we may have the three of us probably dated ourselves a little bit with the <laughs> the the lovely who's the boss <laughs> analysis. And I want to fact check us because we said some things at the beginning okay. about what uh, did you did, check? I did. did. Did you get I some? Did. I did. I just you know just for all of our younger. Uh, listeners out there, I yes. uh, just want to be conscious to know that, you know, uh, Who's the Boss premiered in 1984. Wow. Um, and uh, it was a, w- a widower and a former pro baseball player. Baseball. Oh, like, baseball. Some sports. Yeah. Tony Micelli Tony takes Micelli. a job as a housekeeper for a high-powered divorced businesswoman, Angela Bauer, and her son. Excellent. Her and his daughter, do- he and his daughter, Samantha, move into the Bauer residence where Tony's laid back personality contrasts with Angela's type A behavior. Are you going to read the entire synopsis of who's the boss? And of course, <laughs> who could forget the lovely Mona? Mona. Right. That's right. It was great. Right. The, the, the man hungry mother-in-law. I'm reading this. this All right. Is the so Elliot's podcast on who's the boss will be coming out shortly. Uh, and all other wonderful all other sitcoms. sitcoms. But we wanted to do something that we call a sure thing, Connie. And this is where Elliot here has a few hot takes on the business. And we ask our guests, is it a sure thing or it is not a sure thing? Uh, Elliot, take yes. it away. And so we. this is a special um, special marketing edition yes. of It's a Sure Thing. And, um, <laughs> and so, you know, we hear a lot about dealer advertising budgets and we get this question a lot, our team does, where do I spend my money, right? Um, you know, and I, you hear a lot of dealers are all in still with TV. You hear a lot of dealers that are all in on digital now, right? And shun right. sort of traditional media. Right. Um, but I believe, Mark and Connie, that um, a diversified mix of media is still the best strategy when it comes to advertising. 
Sure thing or not a sure thing? 100% a sure thing. All right, Elliot. That I was a softball. That. It really was a softball. <laughs> but, but Connie does agree. So diversified mix is what you should be focusing and, on. And true? how do you, and I guess my question to you, Connie, would be how, how do you divert, how do you know where to spend at what? Yeah, at, that's a good at question. What medium? You know, are there tools you use or how do you know how to optimize that mix? Right. We we look at the data. So whatever's performing the best. Um, and that, you know, again, tracking it back to store visits. Um, we have some of our partners that can track it back to sales uh, through their providers. So, you know, looking at uh, what works for the dealer. Um, and those are, you know, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, uh, TikTok, um, streaming, and, you know, still uh, search. Hmm. All right, cool. That's a great point. All right. All right. Number two. Well, that was that was an easy that one. Was an Just easy getting one. us warm, one for one. You get warmed up. <laughs> but uh, I think this one will cause a little more waves here. Okay. But, uh, here we go. We all know um, uh, Meta uh, has uh, their stock has dropped. They've had some struggles. A tough year for Meta. Yes. Um, and uh, we know that Mark Zuckerberg really believes in the metaverse. Um, He's going all in. All in. I mean, really all in. Yeah. Um, but I believe here we go that the metaverse is a complete waste of time and will cause the demise of Zuckerberg and Facebook. Wow. Bold, Bold. Connie. That is, is that a sure thing or a not sure a sure thing? thing? I don't think it's a sure thing. Oh, oh tell me more, Connie. Connie disagrees. <laughs> Um, you know, I think that it, not today, not next year, but I think in the next five years, the landscape is going to change a lot. And there, there is going to be the metaverse and different ways of of shopping and, and, and retailing. So. So you think as generations, you know, continue to move into the, the buying age and the retail environment, buying virtually is going to continue to grow. I think so. Don't you want to smell perfume through the internet? <laughs> or a Not car? really. I'd rather <laughs> just go to the department store. Just go, but we're yeah. old. Yeah, look, true. we're talking or, about who's the boss. Or, <laughs> we're not the yeah. target audience. I mean, I heard you can taste, you're going to be able to taste food. So oh. that's pretty cool. So if you can smell the new car smell and you can taste what the burger tastes like, I don't know. I'm in you, for that. That would be interesting. You know what I envision, though? That movie, um, the Disney movie uh, with the robot. I, I robot, is it I robot or no? That's the we are so bad in trying oh, to remember yeah. names. It's, it's the one where they're they're shipped off on a spaceship to a destination of nowhere because they've ruined planet Earth. Anyway, that's... Sorry, I can't help you. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> you you stop uh, me. Let's go to sure thing number three. Okay, shall we? That, to... Please, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> um all right so you know mark and i had a little we did a little research we did um yes it was baymax that baymax. was that was the name of the character but it's not the movie it is not um i forget the name we'll, we'll get back we'll to get it. back we'll our <laughs> producers are working feverishly in the background here um but um uh so we did some research and we um big hero big hero six it could be <laughs> All right, let's stay on track here. <laughs> okay. um, so we did some research, Connie, and um, Mark and I were talking about the best TV commercials of all time. Best TV commercials of all time. Now, um, I definitely have an opinion, and I'll, I'll let Mark share his favorite commercial. Personally, of all time. Yeah. my favorite TV commercial of all time is Be Like Mike mm. with Air Jordan and Michael Jordan 
because it really just captured who he was yeah. and what everyone wanted to be. Yeah. Is be great like Michael Jordan. Right. And truly one of the best. I I believe so. And it and it has produced But this is not a Spoto thing. No, this it's is not. a sure thing. It is a sure thing. Let's hear it. So, you know, we talked about be like Mike. I you know, the what's up guys was uh was <laughs> <laughs> I knew you couldn't resist. Um, I couldn't resist it, you know. Um, you know, give me a break. Give, give me, me a break. break. Kit Kat. Who cannot sing that song? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know the song, Connie, right? Yeah, I love a jingle. Um, <laughs> but I believe that the best advertising uh, ads of all time, and and I'll try and uh, do the what they do here, but and we'll see if I could do it. I don't always do a sure thing, but when I do, I do it on the Walk Around podcast. And so, yes, the Dos Equis, most interesting man in the world, is the greatest ads of all time, according to a sure thing. Connie, sure thing or not a sure thing? I don't know. I don't think it's a sure thing. What about Mikey likes it? That was on our list. That was on our list. (laughs) Mikey likes it. Okay. I mean, you can't disagree with Mikey likes it. That's memorable. I wonder where that kid is now. I'm sure we could Google it. But we don't have time for that. <laughs> Connie, you have been uh, a fantastic guest and thank you for helping educate us and our audience on marketing and advertising and where things are headed. That was that was really fantastic. Yeah, thank you, Connie. It's been, uh, thank you for letting us have some fun and, uh, and for providing some really good insight on leadership and advertising and, and really where the future, where dealers need to be thinking about um, as inventory comes back. Yeah, absolutely. And where can we find more about you, Connie? If someone wanted to go online and, and learn about you and your company, what's the best place to do that? Uh, you can go to Dom dom360.com or you can find me on LinkedIn. Dom360.com. You heard it from Connie. Thank you so much, Connie. Take care. Thank you guys. It was a pleasure. It was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you.